The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Seminar. A small group of students, as in a university, engaged in advanced study and original research under a member of the faculty and meeting regularly to exchange information and hold discussions. Please take your seats as class is about to begin. Issue 10. Breaking Point. Politics and espionage were a byproduct of organized human government, which created chaos. Chaos is illogical, and obedience to the laws of government created order. Observe how espionage and political intrigue affected individuals in Costigan. Mr. Devrenko! Yes, what is it? I have a message for you. A message? No, please, no! My God! Someone call an ambulance! This man's badly hurt! So... He's been so... He's dead! Bloody hell! This is bound to get the sisters stirred up! What? Government business, old son. Worst kind, and right outside the bloody Russian consulate. Yes, and him. Mr. Costigan is here for his appointment, sir. Send him in. Appointment, is it? All I get is Jack wants to see you now. Not even a good morning. Take a seat. I had no idea that you were one for the niceties, Costigan. In and out, prime efficiency, neat and tidy, that sort of thing. Always thought it was why you liked those little tin soldiers of yours. Nothing extraneous, no back-talk in the ranks. I do find, sir, that people often talk too much. Are you suggesting that I talk too much? When it suits your purposes, sir. Ah, there we are. A touch of insouciance, a hint of defiance? Quietly sketching out your boundary lines and letting me know that no, you won't be an ass-kissing lackey and no matter if it's dangerous for you. I'm not fellows, sir. Oh yes, Philip. Old school tie, proper obeisance to authority, all that. I think he fancies his chances in politics someday, you know. If nobody strangles him with the old school tie before then. <laughs> there is that. Wouldn't be surprised if yours were the hands on the ends of the tie, actually. I would. Not warming to Philip in your middle years, are you? Hardly. Just wouldn't be my style. As well I should know by now. Oh, that's quite all right, sir. I'm sure you have things on your mind that are far more important. You've outlasted six previous Hearns, Costigan, and I'm at a loss to understand why none of them ever stabbed you to death with a salad fork. Too slow and too devious. They tried to kill me in other ways. Well, the potential for sudden death does come with your job, you know. Hardly a cause for complaint. Being coerced into staying in the damn job, on the other hand. And you let us know as often as possible how you feel about it all. Yes, yes. And then you go and get the damn job done anyway. There's something to be said for an adjustable conscience, eh? There's something to be said for having one in the first place. As you insist. Uh, the banter and sarcasm and veiled insults are all quite lovely, but... But not why I called you down here. Quite. Here. Are the holiday slaps, are they? 
These happy little candidates are from a routine surveillance being run by MI5 on the Russians. The little sister was rather startled by the event conveniently photographed here. The kneeling fellow on the right of the deceased, in the fourth picture, is one of a low-rank watch team. The fellow on the right is a civilian already cleared. In the first and second... That's the villain? That he is. Two thirty-eight caliber gunshots point-blank to the heart. This is one for the yard, surely. A shooter like this is right off of our patch. Oh, quite so, usually. However, both Little Sister and Big Sister are in quite a state over this one, and they've been running around in circles and being most inappropriate for the past three days. The victim was Vladimir Devrenko of Russian National. He was a clerk at the Russian Embassy, actually a Cyphers and Coast chappy. Oh, bloody hell. Which of the sisters was running him as an asset? Both, as it turns out. Did either of them know? Not my business, I'm afraid. I also imagine that five and six both have different needs. The late Devrenko was simply being a clever boy. Not clever enough. It's not exactly the done thing for the Russians to trim a mole like that, though. A quiet disappearance, or a Bulgarian fancy trick, or... The Russians weren't behind the elimination. That's one of the things that has the sisters in a tizzy. The shooter is a fellow by the name of Frank Wilson. Little sister had him identified rather quickly. Oh, come off it. He's with one of the cousins. CIA, to be exact. That's more than a little arrogant. Arrogant? That's all but putting a bloody advertisement up in Piccadilly Circus. This has been running up the ladders to the PM and back down again, and nobody wants to actually do anything about it. God knows what the Russians think at this point, although they're hewing to a line of complaint about danger to their citizens and so forth. So it's chucked into our laps to sort out. What the bloody hell do they think we can do? Tit for tat is the thinking, I believe. This, uh, this CIA bloke, Wilson. Probably long gone by now. Even if I catch up with him and... Oh, Christ, it'll... Christ, it'll start a shooting war between us and the cousins. It'll be worse than the Saudi Mafia. Uh, not Wilson. Tit for tat. They've laid down one of our assets on our patch. We know quite a few of their local assets. You'll lay one of them down in turn. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You're bloody mad or you're throwing me to the wolves. It's a straightforward job, Kostka. No need for histrionics. Some poor bloody bastard gets shot because of some silly intelligence game. And you want me to do this out in the open? Are you suggesting we do nothing? Oh, for Christ. No, but there are better ways than getting everyone starting running around shooting the bloody pawns. Oh yes, one could brace the cousins, I suppose, and give them a sound telling off. Or turn over the photos and information to the yard and let them work on getting the bastard extradited. But no, the prevailing bloody wisdom is to have the sisters kick special group's arse and send a shooter out to lay down some poor sod who's been keeping notes for the CI bloody A. If we were to involve Scotland Yard, it would last no more than half an hour before a shadowy personage with more clout than common sense put a stop to it. You and I may not like it, but we're not about to go ruffling American feathers. We cannot afford it. Oh, yes. Dollars at stake. Washington propping up the old dregs of empire. The trouble, sir, is that the bastards think they own the entire bloody world. And our trouble, Costigan, is that we used to think we did. Sun never sets and all that. Now we make our point indirectly and hope that it takes. Oh, it'll take, sir. It'll take. Just not in the way that we'd like. I think you'd better have Bellows take this one. 
It's bound to be direct, short, and brutal. That's just his style. You cannot refuse the mission, Costigan. Are we to do the dance again? You know you'll give in finally. You just need to find your own peculiar excuse for it. Stuff the bloody mission. Sir. Costigan. Forget it. I'm going home, and I'm going to get blinded on some rather excellent scotch and make a mess of playing war games with my little tin soldiers. I'd like to know how it feels to be you. <sighs> I rather anticipated that you'd need to work through one of your tantrums. You're going to have today to be self-destructive and tomorrow for the hangover. Mission briefing proper will be on Friday at 9, but I shall want you on the firing range at 7.30. Wouldn't want you to miss, after all. Oh, sod off, sir. Just never mind. Tiresome. Quite tiresome. Annie, would you telephone Mr. Bellows and tell him Jack needs to see him? Yes, sir. Oh, bloody hell. Bloody hell. Come on, I'm coming. Keep your bloody shirt on. Come on, Otter. Getting bloody slow in your old age, son. Need to take your vitamins. Hello, Mr. Costigan. Back at you, mate. I thought you was the police. The police? You've been up to something you shouldn't be doing, Otter. Me, Mr. Costigan? No. No. I've been keeping myself dead clean there. Swear on my old mum's grave. Your old mum's not dead yet. Well, even so, Mr. Hearn wouldn't like it, would he? If I was to give in to temptation. He don't want no trouble, Mr. Hearn. Neither do I. That's good to hear. You ain't gonna go casting no aspersions on me character, are you? Would I do that to my old friend, Otter? Yeah, you would if you had a bloody good reason for it, and you know it. You've looked after me a time or two, I admit, but there's... There's been times where I've been a right bastard. Yeah. I'm paid to be a bastard, old son. You're bloody good at it, in my opinion. That I am. Doesn't mean I'm not sorry for being a bastard to you sometimes. Sorry? Yeah, what's up then? You come over all sick or something? <laughs> no. Just feeling my years, I think. You got a decent cup of tea anywhere in this mess of yours? Cup of tea sounds nice. Hang on, I think I've got the makers. I came by because you're going to do a little job for me. I'm not doing nothing that'll get me in trouble with the law, Mr. C. Them days is behind me. And well, they should be, Otter. This is something simple. No shooters, no burglaries. And there's 100 quid in it. You promise there's nothing bad? Nothing bad. I could use 100 quid. And, uh, Hearn won't know. Alright then. What's the job? I may need to activate one of my legends in a hurry. Become somebody else for a little while. I need you to go around and pick up the pieces for it. It's a postman job, really. For hundred quid? No malarkey. I'm too old for malarkey, you know. Otter, you were always too bloody old for malarkey. Good morning, Costigan. Keeping trim, I see. Good grouping on those rounds and excellent timing on the socks. Thank you for stating the obvious, Dr. Watkins. And uh, why does Hearn have you hovering around me on the range? Why do you think Hearn has anything to do with it? Evaluation operatives an ongoing process, dear boy. It never stops. I have the safety of everyone in this special group consider, you know. I need to be up to date on the mental health of everyone working in this division. Could do me a favour then. Tell Hearn I've lost it. It's time to give me the boot. End of the line. Time for the old killer's rest home, you know? I have a policy against lying, Costigan. 
He's more than a few Simonson knew yet. Always so bloody certain. For all you know, Watkins, I could come apart this second. If you're prone to it, you would have blown your brains out long ago. You five on the stress, the anger, even the guilt. And what does Ern think? Ern thinks you work too hard to be bloody annoying, Costigan. I see you arrived early. Not early enough to avoid Dr. Watkins running his icy fingers around in my mind. That is what we pay him for, you know. He provides us with such florid reports and careful advice. Carefully tidied just for the group, eh, sir? Presents just the right sort of picture, puts down just the right layers of truth. As I said, Costigan, I don't lie. Oh, no. I don't believe you do, Doctor. But there are many ways of using the truth so that it serves you just as well. Oh, John, it appears I'm just in time for one of your episodes of Judgmental Paranoia. Do carry on, old boy. They're always entertaining. Oh dear, you do let Philip get under your skin, don't you? That's still a certain kill. But so messy, John. I do know you detest being sloppy. Philip, shut your cake on, mate, before you piss me off. Boys, boys, behave yourself. Save the dyspepsia for the opposition, eh? Philip, you really can be such an oik at times, lad. God help me, but I suspect you go to the zoo just so he can provoke the bears. All right. Thank you, Dr. Watkins. Costigan, Bellows, upstairs, conference one. We have men's work to get done. Student three and seven, according to the randomized logarithms in my matrices, I have selected that you two will be representative of the respective groups for this class. Please state the thesis for your group and what you will be referencing. Student three, male. Sure. Answer. We'll be discussing how humans react to crisis, be that good or bad. Considering you've got no idea, you stupid computer. First sentence was received. Auditory sensors did not detect the second statement. Repeat. We're going to be referencing a piece called Full Circle for the exam. Very well. Student 7, male, Stitzer. Answer. Alright, um, well we're going to talk about how humans like to trick other humans. We'll be talking about a piece called Foreclosure. A unique mix. My matrices have logged these entries and will be graded according to the personalized rubric. Turn your attention to our next topic. Emotions, as we have seen, can cause fascinating reactions to a single situation. The pinnacle of these highly emotional states can lead to what is known as a breaking point. Observe this phenomenon in this next piece, Escape Pod. Pete, this is an emergency distress call. Escape pod number three, off the UFS Michael Eskew. We are coasting near coordinates H3 Alpha 27, broadcasting in the clear to any and all ships near the Lesser Magellanic. The Eskew, 
has been destroyed. Due to a fault in the navigational systems, she was hit broadside by an asteroid. I don't know if any of the other pods got out in time. This is Assistant Cargo Chief Darwin Rothby, transmitting in the clear. Mayday. Mayday. Well, that's that. I've set it on automatic to transmit every few minutes. You're a good man. I try. Do you think there's a chance? This far out? I don't know, honestly. We are a bit of a ways from Tendar, and home is about equidistant the other way. You're bleeding again. Hmm? Oh, for heaven's sake! There. If only this thing had a sink, I could clean the damn thing. And your face. Oh, ho, ho, ho. this from the woman who said, beauty is more than just a pretty face. As I recall, that was in reference to me, my dear. So I'm not beautiful, then? <laughs> not with all that muck and grime. Oh, no. There go my chances in the intergalactical pod pageant. And I studied so hard for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you can laugh. It's it's good. It's Don't, Dar. It's good that you're here, Mary. <sighs> uh, are you warm enough? Comfortable? There's some extra blankets in storage. I could get them for I'm you. I'm fine, Dar. It's you you should be more concerned about. How much food and water do we have? I didn't have time to go over everything before the ship blew. I... I grabbed what I could. I'd say... Uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve... Uh, we've got two. Uh, maybe three weeks of stores. But we'll conserve as we go. Uh, the water's recycled constantly, so there's no worry there. At least there won't be any dying of dehydration. Now, to see about fixing that damn thruster. Dar, you need rest. Dar, you need rest. I'll rest when the thruster's fixed. Or when the rescue ship gets here. Or when... When... Dar, don't. I don't want us to die out here, Mary. Out here. Millions of miles away from home. Away from everything and everyone. Like a raft. Adrift in the middle of the ocean. And the area of ways to die, that's pretty far down on my list. But it may be something we have to face. There's just... There's just no guarantee of a rescue. It's simply the way it is. But I am going to do... Everything in my power to see that it doesn't happen. And the priority right now is to get that thruster pod fixed. Maybe get us toward one of the trade lanes. You have to rest, Dar. Please. I... I can't! Mary... Mary, we're not safe yet. 
Oh, darn. I don't understand this. The maintenance program says the thruster's operating properly. If it's a fault in the computer, it may be around here. Darwin, please. I think this is the routing cable to the thruster assembly. This is the power conduit that goes to the thruster itself. <sighs> ah, there we go. Cabling was unseated. And the thruster is out of propellant. Dar. Well, there went that idea. Dar. Hmm? Will you rest now, please? Perhaps some of our water can be diverted. You can't fix everything, Dar. I can fix this, Mary. I'm an engineer. With burned hands, a gash along your right arm, and who knows how many broken bones inside, you need to rest. I... I can't. Yes. Yes, you can, Dar. No, 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 you don't understand. I can't stop. If I stop doing, I start thinking too much, and, and if I stop thinking too much, I stop doing it, and if I stop doing, no one will find us out here, and this will be for nothing, and the thruster just needs some propellant, some juice to knock us up the trade lanes, and maybe someone will come and see us, and someone will pick us up, so I can't stop, I can't, I can't stop. Dar. I can't. Yes, you can, Dar. You have to. No. No, not yet. You have to let go, Dar. Not. Not yet, Mary. Please. You have to, my love. For your own sake, if not for mine, you have to let go. You have to let me go. No. Yes. Yes, Dar. It's time. If I hadn't gotten there late, if the bulkhead in front wasn't twisted like that, I could have gotten through. There wasn't time, Dar. You tried. You tried your best. That's all anyone could have wanted. But not what I wanted. It's time, Dar. No. It's time. I don't want to lose you. Not again. Never, my darling. I will be with you always, my love. Forever. Forever and always. Please don't go. Please don't go. Please. Seven on Sagarina Savaya. Heard. Signal repeat. Message not complete. Signal again repeat. Again. It's time, beloved. They're coming for you. No. Do not be afraid, my love. We will meet again. When the veil parts for you at last. What? What are you doing? This is the freight head. Ben on route to the colony. Aya, we heard. Signal with your message. 
Wait. No, don't. It's not your time yet. I won't leave you. won't find us. Why? Because I love you. Because I don't want you to leave. Because I... I don't want to leave you. Oh no. Oh no, Dar. What have you done? I fixed it. So we can stay together. Forever. No. Oh no. No. That's not what I wanted. No. It's what I wanted. I love you forever, Mary. I love you. Forever. Your assignment for next week. Prepare for your culminating activity. No further activities. Class dismissed. Supplemental inquiry. Syllabus and course schedule. As the students get closer to the end, the tension is relieved momentarily. I won't forego any questions for this class. The students are treated to more of their two favorite characters. Detective Mac, Part 3. Roxy and the Trash Man, Part 3. The final exam draws ever closer. Seminar, Issue 11, premiering December 15th, 2007. Only pendantaudio.com Next week On the next The Kingery Trying to get yourself caught? What are you thinking? Obviously I wasn't If Markel or any of his people see you Yes, I know Hell, this isn't working anymore What? What is it? You will apologize to Mr. Shepard for interrupting, and you will go outside and wait. But now! Yes, boss. I need access to protected documents. Don't you need a warrant or a writ or something like that? This needs to happen on the QT. Stat. I'll need to get my manager's permission. Didn't you hear me? I said QT. Stat. The wrench. He attacked me. Well, you must have deserved it. I didn't deserve nothing, boss. He came out of the blue. Of course he did. No one catches me with my pants down and gets away with it. I didn't deserve what he did to me. I want retribution. Getting in your face is not grounds for restitution. Yeah, well, it should be. Next time on The King Ring, only at PendantAudio.com. Your boy is such a sparkling presence in your foyer, Tom Tom. You know, I really enjoy these little uh, interludes of ours. Perfect midday breaks. It makes my paperwork seem not quite so tedious. I'm happy for you.
and in two weeks, in the next chapter of Once Upon a Time in Vegas, the Queen issues a promise. That bitch! Snowden did it on purpose! I swear, one of these days that fat cow will get what's coming to her. The princess undergoes a magical transformation. I just don't know if I have the ability to hide in plain sight. Well, take a look in the mirror and tell me if you change your mind. Is that... me? Oh my god! Wow! And no one, not even the prince, recognizes her. I'm Philip Grayson. It's a pleasure to meet you. Missy. Missy? No. Missy. It's not my real name, so you should be able to remember it, right? A promise becomes a threat. A beautiful woman like you may sometimes find herself in need of a guy like me. And what does that mean? What do you want it to mean? Hmm. I remember that. The princess takes a daring chance. Have you ever met anyone where you wanted to cut all the small talk and just make out with them? Just shove them up against a wall and have your way with them until they scream for release? Uh... It's an ending you won't expect in Chapter 5 of Once Upon a Time in Vegas. Issuing December 7th, 2007. Only at PendantAudio.com Supplemental Inquiry Players for Seminar Featuring the voice talents of Sue Jenkins as the instructor Seth Adam Schur as student 3 Tom Stitzer as student 7 In Costigan Tom Backus as Wilson Jeremiah McCoy as DeBrenko Darren Harris as first man Lee Sands as second man and Dr. Watkins Fiona Thrale as Annie Chip Joel as Bellows, David Alt as Costigan, David Alexander McDonald as Hearn, and Tim Kelby as Otter, written by Stephen E. McDonald. In Escape Pod, Scotty Vinicombe as Darwin, and Kim Giannopoulos as Mary, written by Seth Adam Scher. Directed by Catherine Pride, edited by Jeffrey Bridges, original music by David Alexander McDonald, produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2007 Pendant Productions. Seminar co-created by Catherine Bride and Jeffrey Bridges. Copyright 2007, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.